So I want to talk to you today about something wonderful and that is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Both of those. If we look at the first, you know, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, they are different but they are the same. I'm not starting something here which goes, wait a minute, it's a new doctrine. It is not. It is different but it's the same. There are two kingdoms that we're going to talk about but it is the same because it's got the same king. Who's the king? Jesus Christ is the king. Now we look at this now, the spiritual kingdom as last week I showed you in Romans chapter 14 verse 17. Uh, Paul writes down, he says, Therefore do not let your good to be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That is physical things, isn't it? It's not as if the beautiful food which is in the kitchen there on the other side, we're going to go after the service out and we're going to eat it spiritually, are you? Are you going to eat it spiritually? Come on, who's going to try that? I tell you something's going to happen. We're going to take that same food home if you eat it spiritually. No, no. I want you to go out there and eat it physically. And you're going to drink water and you're going to drink some soft drinks or coffee and tea. And you drink it physically. It's a physical thing you do. Paul says the kingdom of God is not physical. But righteousness. Who knows what is righteousness? The definition for righteousness is to live a life acceptable to God. The only way, listen to me, the only way that you can find this kind of righteousness is through Jesus Christ. Nobody else. Not your own self-righteousness. He says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace. And again, it's not the peace that you try to make for yourself. It is His peace. Jesus turned to his disciples there in the book of John. He says, my peace I leave with you. Not what the world can give you, but my peace. Are you operating in God's peace today? Have you got God's peace in your heart today? You see, he says, this kingdom is not physical, it's righteousness, it's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is not a kind of happiness. He didn't use the word happy there. Who knows the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness is really easy. I give you $5,000 and you go, I'm happy, happy, happy. I've got $5,000. Who's not going to be happy with $5,000? Who's not going to be happy with that? You drive out of here and you go, I'm so happy with this $5,000 that you don't even see the speed limit. And then you go over the speed limit and a police officer pulls you over, as he should, and he says to you, this is a fine of $5,000 and gone is your happiness. <laughs> but joy is something different. You see, it's joy in the Holy Spirit. This joy lives inside of you. And let it again be known. This is the only kind of joy that God can give you. You can't manufacture this joy for yourself. This is the joy that comes for, for the Lord saving your soul. The Spirit lives in you. He says there, the joy in what? Come on, you say it. The Holy Spirit. If you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart, you will have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. strength. 
If you want strength today, forget about the self-help books. Forget about the pills that put you on a high. Come to the Lord. Come to the cross. Because at the cross, He will seal you. He will baptize you into the body of Christ. And He will seal you with the Holy Spirit. And what will you then get? The joy of the Lord. It is spiritual. Even Jesus himself says in Luke 17 verse 20, he says, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. So you can't see this with your open eyes. Observation. It's not as if all of a sudden there's going to be a thunder and clouds or anything that happened. Although it did happen when Jesus Christ was baptized. You remember? You remember when the, when the heavens opened up and the, and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and resided upon Him. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed... The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said that, it's not me. And one of the reasons why I say this is not a physical kingdom, He says, even if they come to you and say, see here it's in Jerusalem, or see here it's in Los Angeles, or it's in Melbourne, or it's in Auckland. No, no, it is all of those places because it is a spiritual kingdom. Let me just see who is part of that spiritual kingdom today. Put up your hand. Amen. So this is the one kingdom he talks about. But there is another kingdom that's coming and that is the physical kingdom. Now, it is really interesting that only in the Gospel of Matthew that he uses these words, the kingdom of heaven. It's only, it's interesting. The others don't use that. And you don't find the kingdom of heaven spoken of beyond the cross. Beyond the cross, going into the book of Acts, you don't hear about the kingdom of heaven. It is also known that when Matthew wrote, he predominantly wrote to the Jews so they would understand this concept of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't want you to get confused here. I don't want you to think it is two very opposite things here. The spiritual kingdom and the physical kingdom is two different things, and I'm going to show it to you today. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 2, John the Baptist was baptizing and he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm going to unpack that verse for you in a few moments. In Matthew 4 17, For the time Jesus himself, not only John the Baptist, but Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to understand that when, Matthew, when, when John the Baptist was saying these words and when Jesus was saying these words, the audience there that day were Jews. He was saying that to Jews at that point in time. Today, yes I can still use these scripture verses to tell people to repent of their sins. I can. But I don't get my doctrine from that. We will go to Paul and see what he says about that. So, Jesus came to set up His kingdom on earth. He came to set up the, the spiritual kingdom and the physical kingdom. There is an expectation amongst the Jews that He's going to come and set up the kingdom here on earth and rule as king on the earth. They've expected this right through the Old Testament. The prophecies all were talking about Jesus that we're going to come and we're going to look at a few of those today. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, 
Paul writes down, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What Paul, what mind did he have of being in the form of God? Who believes that? Who believes that Jesus is Lord? Who believes that Jesus is God? That is what he's saying here. He's just saying, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But, everybody say but. but. What does it mean? Sharp contrast. Here is Jesus. He's in the form of God. He is God, but made himself of no reputation. You see, in the world today, if you say that to people, they will say that Jesus is a loser. How can you not want to make your own reputation? That's what our whole lives are all about, isn't it? To make a reputation for yourself. But yet, here comes somebody which is much higher than you. Let me just remind you, brother and sister, when God looked on His plane, there ain't nobody like Him. Nobody. You know, I, I was a young man, I'm still young, don't start with that, but when I was a younger man and I went into the gym and I pumped the irons and I played rugby in South Africa, who knows they rugby, but you know when I look around me, I look at other guys my size and I go, I can take him, I can take him, I can take him, I'm as strong as him. But there was one day a guy who tackled me. That took all the wind out of my out of my lungs. And I was lying there pretty free, pretty there on the ground, crabbing my trying to get some. And then I stood up and realized there was somebody else bigger and stronger than me. Yet, on God's level, let it be known today, when God look around, there ain't nobody there. Nobody. Yet, yet Jesus Christ made him of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. He came to serve. And you know that word there, bond servant? You wonder why it doesn't only say servant? Because bond servant means I do it out of my own will. If you're only a servant, then I've got power over you and you do it reluctantly. You don't want to do it, but you do it because I'm the master. But here Jesus came out of his own will. And you know what he did? Out of his own will he made himself of no reputation on your and my behalf. Those words should excite you. And then he says, and coming in the likeness of men. He came in the likeness of you and me. Why would he do that? He had a purpose for this. We heard it today. He was going to die on the cross. And he's going to set up his kingdom on the earth. You see the physical kingdom of heaven on earth. Will not be fully realized until Jesus is king in Jerusalem. I'm talking about the physical kingdom here. Who knows that Jesus is coming back to rule from Jerusalem. Your whole Bible talks about it. If you thought that he's finished with the Jews, you've got a story coming to you. He's not finished. Jesus Christ is coming back to set up a physical kingdom on this earth and he's going to rule from Jerusalem. He's going to sit there and the nations is going to come and they're going to bow before him. You know, they say with this climate change, the earth is, is going to be gone in 10 years. Have you heard that? It's a bunch of lies. Yeah. 
it is fake news. <laughs> I want to return back to that one. You know they say that the, the waters is going to melt, it's going to go all over the land, it's going to, all of these nonsense, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, there is at least another thousand years for this planet. It's in your Bible. So don't believe those news reports. Don't believe El Gore and his fakeness. Don't believe that nonsense. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Soon and very soon. And then what's going to happen is seven here and then he's going to set up his millennial kingdom and he's going to rule physically upon this earth. Physically he's going to rule the nations. But you see, Jesus reigns in the hearts of believers today. It is called the kingdom of God. He, I've showed it to you. And Christ come to the earth firstly as a suffering servant. I showed that to you as well. He comes as a suffering servant and he will come again as a king of kings and lord of lords. Shout hallelujah. Are you excited about that? Brothers and sisters, don't look upon what's happening in the world right now. This is but a, a mist that's going to disappear. Time just fly like that. He's coming soon. And He's coming to set up His kingdom again on this earth. But first He's coming to receive His church. Let's go back to these verses now. Matthew 3 verse 2. Uh, John the Baptist is baptizing there at Petabara. He comes out. Out of the wilderness. He looks like a prophet. He's got the clothes on like a prophet, a leather belt. He eats the food of the field. For 400 years the Jews haven't seen anybody like him. They expected the prophet to come. They expected the Messiah. Then all of a sudden this man came out of the wilderness and he starts preaching at a place called Betabara at the Jordan. And when he came out, the people were so expectant, they started going to him. But let it be known what people went to him. It was the Jews who went to go and see him. Because this is what is for them. This is what they are known for. The last one, Malachi said these things, and then 400 years, this man appears. And when he started baptizing people there, he says to them, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word they repent is turn away from the things you do right now. Have a change of mind of the things you do. You think is right, but it's sinful to God. But you see, when he said repent there, there was no cross yet. Jesus didn't die on the cross yet, did he? No. So what had they understood with this repentance? Well, you've got to go back to the Old Testament and see every time that God was going to visit the nation, what did He say? They had to cleanse themselves. They had to sacrifice their hearts to them. They had to confess their sin. They had to slaughter animals just to come right with God, to, to comply with the law which God has given and here comes he, and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They would be interested when he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, because the Jews were waiting for the king to come and set up his kingdom. They waited for a king to come in to build an army and to take on the Roman soldiers. To take on the establishment and to set up this great kingdom of Israel. They were waiting for that king. And when this man came and he says, repent... Get ready. Sanctify yourself before God like you've done in the Old Testament. They did not have the experience of the cross. 
This is why I say, the baptism of John is not the baptism we have in the church today. You see, for before John came, before Christ appeared, and he says, repent and be baptized. Repent for the remission of sin. For the remission of sin. We will see that Paul later on talks about the blood. It does not mean that there is no significance in the baptism. It is still, I still baptize people. But it's got a different meaning from the meaning of what John the Baptist baptized with. He was talking to Jews here. And then in Matthew 4.17 Jesus came. And from that time he began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. To whom did he preach that? To the Jews. There were no Gentiles there. The Gentiles were not interested. He was again, Jesus was going around. Who followed him? Yes, there were the, the centurions who came to him. Yes, but the, the crowds that followed him were the Jews. It was the, the Pharisees and the scribes sent people to him. They constantly bickered with him. Matthew verse eight, chapter 8 verse 11. This is an interesting one here. When the centurion brought, he came to Jesus. He says, my child is sick. And he said, go and heal, uh, pray for him or say that he's right. Jesus said he hasn't seen faith like this Gentile. It was a Gentile who came to him. And he says in verse 11, and I say to you that many will come from east and west to sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. There's a twofold application for this verse. Because it's already happening now. There's Gentiles who's been saved, who died, who's with Christ now. Where is Abram, Isaac and Jacob? They're in heaven with him. And if I die as a Gentile, will I be sitting with them? Of course I will. But there's going to be another time as well. When they come down, as we come down, and there's going to be rule from Jerusalem, and physically there will be people coming from the east and the west, and they will come and sit in the audience. It's really interesting when you look at that verse that Israel is the center of the earth. The center. Have you noticed he didn't say the north and the west? He said the east, uh, the north and, and the south. He said the east and the west. If you roll the world out like a scroll and you put Jerusalem in the center, this is why there's such a conflict around Jerusalem today. So what kingdom is he talking about? What kingdom were they waiting for the Jews? Let's look at Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. He says, and in the days, and remember this is the, the dream about the statue that came through. And I'm not going to go through the statue. You can go and read old uh, Daniel chapter 2. But when we come to verse 44, he says, and in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Who? Who will set up a kingdom? The God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is going to appear. The God of heaven is going to send his son. The king of heaven is going to come to rule on earth. It is literally going to be heaven on earth. He's coming. And here already the, uh, Daniel said this. He says the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. And let it just be known. I'll just throw this in there. There is a movement out there which calls them kingdom now theology. You heard about them? Dominion now theology. They've got it wrong. Because they are setting up a kingdom. And guess what's going to happen? When Jesus is coming back 
He's going to set up His kingdom. And what's going to happen to their kingdom? Their kingdom will have to bow their knees to His kingdom. And realize they were wrong all this time. It's not me saying it, brothers and sisters. It's the Word of God. So He says, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Which shall never be destroyed. You see this? Never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Oh, I love this. So there's not going to be elections anymore, yes? Who's glad about that? It's not putting up all these election signs. It's not a democracy. It's a theocracy. It's one God. And the kingdom shall be left not to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Now let me just excite you a moment about this. This kingdom. Okay? Let's turn in your Bibles to Isaiah. Because here we talk about a kingdom. That we've only seen before the flood. What I'm going to show you now brothers and sisters. This hasn't been seen in our day and age. This is why the world won't see it. But you can see it. Why? Because you are born again. You see things spiritually. This is coming what I'm showing you now. The kingdom. The physical kingdom that he's going to set up. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. He says there shall come forth a rot. From the stem of Jesse. You see the word rot there is capital letter. It talks about Jesus. There shall come forth Jesus. From the stem of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. And there is a promise that out of their loins will come a king. Which will rule in Jerusalem. That didn't happen physically. That king is Jesus Christ himself. He says the rot out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch. You see the branch is a capital letter again. It's not just written there. It's not as if this man made a mistake. It was done purposefully. Who wrote your Bible? God wrote the Bible. And when they pinned this down, he said, that shouldn't be a small letter. It's a capital letter. No. That is about Jesus. That's what he said. It shall grow out of its roots. Now, listen to this now. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. We saw this happen when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, isn't it? What happened? The Spirit came down like a dove. It wasn't a dove, like a dove. And it floated and came and rested upon Jesus. Jesus himself, when he walked into the synagogue, he took the book of Isaiah and he opened it up at this particular place. In Isaiah 61 verse 1, he says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Seven. Seven characteristics of the Holy Spirit. This is the same that you find in Revelation when he says the seven spirits before the throne. There is no seven spirits. There is one Holy Spirit with seven characteristics. And this is the exciting news, brothers and sisters, that when the Spirit of the Lord comes and lives inside of you, what comes and lives inside of you? All seven, the characteristics of God. You say to me, you get excited about 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and speaking in tongues and prophesy. You should not get excited about that. You should get excited about the Holy Spirit living in you. And you should look at the seven characteristics that comes and lives inside of you. Amen. 
That's the power of God. That's not willpower. That's where you find joy. That's where you find Galatians chapter 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. And, sh- and, and he says, And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide the hearing of his ears. And look at this now. In verse 4, Isaiah 11 verse 4, But with righteousness, Everybody say righteousness. righteousness. That's his righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. Brothers and sisters, I read from the Old Testament now, but it is already being declared in the New Testament. This year is the battle of Armageddon. He says he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the rod of his mouth he will strike the earth. And with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins. And faithfulness the belt of his waist. Praise the Lord. I can't wait for a kingdom like that. If you stand before a judge today. You don't know whether you can trust that judge. Can you? Look in America what they're doing. It is crazy. It's absolutely crazy who they're putting in the courts now to rule over the people with their own agendas. There cometh a king, hallelujah, hallelujah, who's going to rule this world with righteousness. And right will be right and wrong will be wrong. And, listen, and he will judge it with the rot of his mouth. Now where did we hear that before? Where did we hear that? This is the Old Testament. Let's go to Psalm. Psalm 2. There's a prophecy about this. He says, you shall break them with the rod of iron. This is about Jesus. You shall dust them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Oh, I get excited about this. Because here is mankind thinking they can come up against God. And there comes a day. There comes a day when all of the cannons and all of these uh, nuclear weapons is going to be pointed at God. And guess what's going to happen? He's going to trample upon them. They're going to be like pieces out of potter's vessel. Now therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. How can we be wise? Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Hallelujah. This is so beautiful. So beautiful. In Revelation chapter 19 we find this happening. See when he says, You shall strike them with the rod of his mouth. Look at Revelation 19.15. Out of his mouth goes what? A sharp two-edged sword but that it will, should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with what? with a rod of iron were they talking about Jesus in Psalm? of course they did were they talking about Jesus in Isaiah? I don't know it whether you know it or not but I'm going to tell it to you today Jesus Christ is coming back again to set up his kingdom upon this earth Amen. forget about Trump forget about Putin or Macron or whatever name you've got. Jesus Christ is coming back again to set it up. Amen. And you and I will rule with him as kings and priests. 
Hallelujah. How wonderful is that? There were no place for me there before this. When he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the, be baptized for the remission of your sins. He was talking to the Jews. To the Jews first. Now, look at this now. You're going to love this. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to love this. Come on. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 11 verse 6. This is how this kingdom is going to look like. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. It is crazy. It is, if you go out to a farmer, is the mic on and off? I will, I will preach from this. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. You will say, you will say, is this crazy? You go out to a farmer today and you say, you've got all your sheep coming in here. Bring in the wolf. Let him sleep with the sheep. He will laugh at you. Yet here he says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. Unimaginable. And listen, a little child shall lead them. You've all, some of you saw my grandson Michael, have you? Man, he's a lively boy. You should see that boy when he comes and visits me. He's all over the place. He runs around and he's, then he's on his bike and blah, 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 all over the place. And I can't think for the life of me that that little boy will go out and walk with a lion, a fierce lion, and a fierce leopard, and a wolf, and he will lead them and they will follow him. And he will say, come kitty, 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 come kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Yet this is what he's talking about. He says, the cow and the bear shall grace, the young one shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Wait a minute. The lion shall eat what? Straw like an ox. Straw like an ox. I need to stop you for a moment because I need to tell you something about this. I was working for a company in New Zealand once. And the manager of a store, as I walked through there, they know I'm a Christian, they know I'm a pastor. As we walked through and he had his team meeting, he called me over, he says, Hey John, I've got a question for you. You believe in Noah? I said, yes. He says, ah, they were lions on the ark, yes. Why didn't they eat the animals? Why didn't they eat all the animals? They've got to get hungry. And you know what some people say today? Oh no, God put them in a deep sleep. No, it's not true. It's not true. Where is that in the Bible that he put them in a deep sleep? It ain't there. But you see, he wanted to make a joke out of me in front of everybody. So I said to him, I said, look, if you go and find out what lions ate, what they ate in the time of Noah, then we can talk. And then I said to him, but you won't find this answer in the libraries. You have to go to another book. It is called the Bible. So he tried to make fun of me and I walked away. And, and it was a couple of months later. It was only me and him then. Not the crowd. So he came over to me. He says, I'm really intrigued what you said that day. I said, have you found out what lions ate? He goes, no. I said, they ate grass. They ate grass. They were not interested in people. They were not interested in other animals. Before the flood, they ate grass. God didn't make the animals, the lions, the bears, and anything to eat people or to eat the, the others, each others. 
You say to me, wow, where did you get that, brother? Well, I see here that when this kingdom is going to be set up, the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Then we use the Bible to interpret the Bible. So we go to Genesis chapter 9 verse 2. And in Genesis chapter 9 verse 2 we find when the flood is over, Noah comes out and God speaks to him. And he says particularly these words in 9.2. He says, And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird in the air, and all that move on the earth, and all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. Wow. Now we're learning something. What did people eat before the flood? They, eat, they ate herbs, and plants, and fruits. They didn't eat the animals. Not like we eat a nice steak today. It's going to be tough for me. <laughs> the animals didn't eat each other. But something happened. You know, I, I find, let me just, I'm a, I know I'm on a sidetrack here, but I think I've got to bring it out. You find these ministries now come out and say, we are going to be on this ministry of eating like the Bible says so we eat in the Garden of Eden. So we're just going to eat all these nuts and, and all of these nuts and all of these things because it gives you enough nutrients for your body and all of those things. It ain't so anymore because what happened before the flood? Well, this earth, there was a canopy of water around the earth. Where did you think all that water came from? And it was the right, God made the right place on the earth. You know, I need to preach through Genesis again. You're going to love that. But around the earth, it was perfect. And they could eat these things, and these things could satisfy man. But now when this water has rained into the earth, that protection is not there anymore. So the sun and the ultraviolet that's coming through today is damaging the earth. It didn't before. So after the flood, God knew that you can't just live by those things, and you need protein from if you eat meat and these things. Different message. I, I, I need to come back now, Philip. But that's interesting, isn't it? The new heavens and earth will return to before like it was before the flood. Nursing child shall play with the cobra's hole. A nursing child. You know what a nursing child is? It's a baby. A baby. Well, will you do that today? Come put your little baby at the cobra's hole and a weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. What shall be full? The earth. What shall be full? So where is this kingdom going to be set up? On the earth. And you know how the Jehovah Witnesses get you? You know how? They go with their little booklets to Christians and they say, look at this. And Christians who don't have the knowledge of the Word of God look and say, oh, they're speaking the truth. They're giving us a little bit of good food and then they poison you. There is a new heavens and earth coming. I know about it. Jesus knew about it. God knows about it. Do you know about it? I hope after today you do. 
there is a thousand year of reign of Jesus Christ coming to live on the earth and there is going to be population and there is going to be a lot of population lots more than now where is these people who say that we are outgrowing the earth I reckon you can fit all of the world's population on Australia I reckon so I'm, I'm not a scientist I'm just saying that somebody can go and try and fit it in but there is population coming now let me finish today. I'm going to come to a timeline. In verse 10, he says, In that day there shall be a root from Jesse, and again he talks about Jesus, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, praise the Lord, and his resting place shall be glorious. But you see, that's not what the Jews wanted. That's not what they wanted. They wanted the king to come, set up a, an army and take on the Romans and that's why they rejected him. I give you this timeline, your brothers and sisters. You see, when he was baptized, Jesus, um, 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 John the Baptist says, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus comes in later. He comes in as the king. And they all came together in Matthew 2 verse 9. And the multitudes went before. And they followed and cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you know what? He was so close to set up that kingdom. You see the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He was ready to set up the physical kingdom as well. The people accepted him as the king. But then what happened? Only a few days later, they were standing around the cross and they shouted what? Crucify him! We want Barabbas! We don't want Jesus away with this Jesus! We want Barabbas! And then they, they died. You see these two red lines I told you before, I'm going to explain that to you. And from that moment in time, there is a pause to set up the physical kingdom. There is a pause because we do not have that kingdom right now. Can you go and walk with the lion today? Go and try. But could you put everything in order? Your will and your testament, everything. Go and try. You see, there is a pause happening. And then we know that the rapture is going to take place and there's a seven year time here where God is going to deal with the Jews. Let it, let it be known. If you read, and I've preached through Revelation a few times, when he talks about after chapter 4, he's starting to deal with the Jews. If you see what's going to happen in, in the tribulation, the nations is going to come down on the Jews. He prepares for them to escape. He was talking and now it's gone. And then he set up his kingdom here, the literal thousand year kingdom. So we see a transition from the apostles which preach to the Jews to the Gentiles. There's another red line here. So they were all saying crucify him. But let me just show you something here, why he came to us. You see we believe in God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Who believes in that? And you know what? These Jews rejected all three of them. I wonder where they get this thing of three, you know, three strikes and you're out. It happened here as well. You see, there's three times that the Jews, I better stand on this side. There were three times that the Jews rejected Jesus Christ. The first at the baptism, the second at the cross, and then the third year when Stephen was preaching to the Jews. Let's look at the first one. 
God was rejected the Father at the baptism. Matthew chapter 21 verse 25, the baptism of John. They came to him, to Jesus. They said, where is he from? From heaven or from men? They tried to trick him. And they reasoned amongst themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, when did you not believe in him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude for all account John as the prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. We do not know. God sent John the Baptist to prepare the way. They sent. They were sitting there in Jerusalem. And when they heard about this man preaching at that at Betabara in Jordan, they sent their people and find out who is this man. And he himself said, I am the one who came before Jesus to prepare the way. The Father sent John the Baptist. And they said, we don't know where he's coming from. They rejected the Father. Strike one. Then they rejected Jesus. Mark chapter 15 verse 11 But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that they should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them What then do you want me to do with him who is called King of the Jews? They said crucify him. Crucify him. They rejected Jesus the Son. Strike two. But still, still after the cross they went to the Jews. Peter still preached to the Jews. Stephen then stood up and he started preaching to the Jews. It wasn't Gentiles. And when he preached to them, they got so enraged. In Acts chapter 7 verse 51, he turned to them, he says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist whom? The Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Strike three. What happened after this? Right after this we find Philip. Philip fits in right here. He starts preaching to the Enoch. After that we find this man Paul, Saul of Tarsus, on the road of Damascus. What happened? Jesus Christ came and appeared to him. And now we see that Paul is going to the Gentiles. And he starts preaching to the Gentiles. He first going to the synagogues. And they still reject. He preaches to the Gentiles. He himself said it. He said it in Acts chapter 13, verse 46. Let me put on my glasses, it's so small. He says, Then Paul and Barabbas grew bold and said, It is necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Romans chapter 15, verse 16, That I may be the minister of Jesus Christ, to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, can you see? He has turned to the Gentiles, to you and me. This is called the church age, the dispensation of grace. We are living in it. We are living in it. The gospel is still going out to the Gentiles and the Jews. I know of, I've got a few Messianic Jews, they are called Messianic Jews. They've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord. Praise the Lord. So wonderful. But not in scale. When he's coming back again to set up his kingdom, the Bible says they will weep. They will weep to see it's him who they rejected.
Let me ask you today, do not reject him. Do not. Do not reject the king. We are in this time now. Where the kingdom of God, I'm preaching the kingdom of God. I'm preaching this kingdom that's coming, the physical kingdom. It is different, but it's the same. I hope you understand that. I'm not saying that it's two different doctrines here. But he's coming back again to receive us. And then the tribulation will take place on the earth. It's not meant for the church. It's not meant for the church. And then he's going to set up his kingdom. Let me finish by this. I know I've said a lot about kingdoms and all of these things. And we can talk about it. And look, you can have your view, your view and you know, there's a lot of people who can have their view. But if you are not being born again, brothers and sisters, this means nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can disagree until you, you know, the cows came home like they say. But if you are not born again, you will not even see this kingdom. Both of them. Both of them. You know, call it both of them. You will not see. He says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born of water and spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of people talk about stuff. You know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that people differ on. A lot of things. You say this, I believe this. You say that. But it comes back to one thing and one thing only. Ah, you're born again. Are you washed with the blood of the Lamb? Because, brothers and sisters, let me just say, I don't know everything in the Bible. I make mistakes. I do. And so do you. You said it so perfectly this morning. And I don't even know a small part. What I'm preaching to you is what I can imagine in my little brain. The Lord dealing with me. I read scriptures. And some of you read more scriptures than me. Some of you read well, why the, I read, I get different influences. But let it be known that when I blow out my last breath and I meet my Savior, I will know it all. You will know it all. All the answers that you've got, all the questions. The main question is, are you going to see him as a good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, depart from me, I don't know you. Amen. Have we learned something today? Even if it's just to know that lions is going to eat grass again, man. I can't wait for that. You know, when I walk through, you know, we went to the zoo the other day, and when you walk through and you see that lion, you go, kitty, 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 I've got news for you. <laughs> that piece of meat that's hanging there in the tree, you're going to lose your taste for it. Enjoy it while you can now. <laughs> your taste buds is going to change. You, it's going to change. I'm going to walk up to you one day and I'm going to pat you. And you, you're just going to say, meow, <laughs> what a day that will be <laughs> Heavenly Father we thank you so much Lord you are the mighty King and the King of, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords but Father I've said a lot of things today but I pray that your Holy Spirit will make the word alive in your hearts and in our minds we thank you Lord we worship you we praise you and Father as we, as we continue during this week and as we still think about the resurrection, resurrection morning day, we thank you for all of that, Lord. I thank you for your word, Lord. Without your word and without the Holy Spirit and without you, this is all a waste of time. And I don't want to waste people's time, Lord. 
the more we can and the time we get, we need to preach Jesus. And we worship and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.